The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our final football Friday of the season. Craig Nick, David Panic. We got the Super Bowl preview and props coming up. We're going to take a look at our final view of the NFL in 2022. Of course, two hours of fantasy sports talk. Good to be with you here on this Friday. Davis Super Bowl closing in. Our coverage here from Los Angeles closing in on the end. There's only a few things to get to. And then a little bit over 48 hours from now, we will cap off the NFL season. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the much ado about uh, about a game that I don't expect to, um, you know, I don't expect this to be an all-time memorable Super Bowl. I very much hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope that we are logging on on Monday and talking to everyone about a dramatic, you know, comeback one way or the other, a great signature moment in the Super Bowl. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just at this point, very excited for a kickoff on Sunday, no doubt about it. Yep, so am I. All right, let's get to our headlines here on this Friday. It's the 11th of February, 2022, and Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers is the NFL MVP again. He wins for the fourth time during the NFL Honors Show last night. NBA, we got a lot to get to there, too. Kyle Kuzma hits a triple-double, and uh, Wizards hold off the Nets. We'll hear from Kyrie Irving coming up. Luka Doncic had 28 points in the first quarter. He ended up with 51 in the game as Dallas picks up a win. They also made a trade yesterday. And Nets head coach Steve Nash says he has no idea on a Ben Simmons debut. I guess, Davis, they were optimistic that uh, Simmons could debut, I guess, tomorrow night. Not sure if that's going to happen. And this morning, it looks like James Harden will be with the team, but not going to make his debut next week. But that really was the big story of the day yesterday. Absolutely. I mean, this is the biggest NBA trade that's, I guess it's the biggest NBA trade that has happened since the, uh, the, the, the James Harden, Russell Westbrook, John Wall configuration that happened, uh, you know, Karis LeVert leaving. So basically 13 months ago, James Harden wills his way out of Houston, wills his way to Brooklyn, gets to Brooklyn, says, you know what? This isn't really working out. Don't really want to be here. I'd rather leave. Gets his way again. And in the end, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant played only 16 games together. They went 13-3. and three. Really the only team, if you want to look back at it, that felt the full brunt of those three guys playing together was the Boston Celtics in the first-round series last year. Poor Evan Fournier just got, you know, absolutely cooked by James Harden and Kyrie Irving in that playoff series for the Boston Celtics. And um, yeah, I mean, just a, a weird, a, a weird trade really, you know, so many small things had to happen for that trade 
to go forward, right? So the Ben Simmons had to lose in that that way. Simmons and Embiid right. had to not get along. Probably the coronavirus, right? If COVID never happens, probably we don't get here because Kyrie Irving is not skipping games, you know, not allowed to play at home. So just honestly, one of the weirdest trades and transactions in NBA history, I think. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about that more coming up a little bit. Let's get to the uh, awards given out and some of the honors last night for the NFL. I kind of like how they do this now where they have a big show and everyone shows up and accepts their awards like almost on the eve of the Super Bowl. And so uh, Rodgers wins the MVP. Cooper Cup wins the Offensive Player of the Year. TJ Watt wins the Defensive Player of the Year. Davis, uh, Jamar Chase, he wins the Rookie of the Year. And I'm, I know there were a few more Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Burrow, not a surprise there. But I, I kind of like the way that the NFL uh, rolls the honors back out there. I did not like, and we'll talk about it later in the show, I did not like their Hall of Fame selections. I thought that somebody was missing from there. But as we welcome in our radio audience of Sports Grid Radio, Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, we're talking NFL honors from last night. Aaron Rodgers wins MVP. Uh, I think they got it right for the most part, except for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, I would have, um, I would have voted Brady for MVP and not for Rodgers. You know, Brady had a better season than Rodgers. You know, more yards, more touchdowns. Uh, his team relied on him more. You know, the Packers uh, were were much more comfortable running the ball. The Buccaneers basically didn't run the ball at all. And um, yeah, I, I, you, what the one surprising thing is, you said no surprise, but actually at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Dak Prescott was like minus 600 pretty much all year long for comeback player of the year award. And so that, that in terms of the betting markets, really the only upset, uh, the only upset was uh, Burrow winning comeback player of the year. Also offensive rookie of the year, not going to any of these stud quarterbacks, right? Trevor Lawrence, not winning, you know, uh, Mac Jones, who was the favorite for a long time, not winning. I love that. I, I, I would love if all of these awards were sort of more considered, not just for the quarterbacks. I mean, I, I actually had said this on the show a couple months ago. I would have voted Cooper Cup for MVP. I, I think that he actually, in terms of what he provided on the field for his team uh, versus what his teammates were doing versus what a replacement level player, like, the Rams are certainly not in the Super Bowl if, you know, if Robert Woods is Cooper Cup, you know. So I, I but very interesting. And um, yeah, I, I wonder, uh, does winning the MVP, does doing any of that, what what is that impact on Rodgers, you know, future decision making? Yeah, he really didn't give much last night. I'm sure we'll get that over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, also, you know, without a doubt, I think the cup point is really important. But the overlying factor here is that they vote for the MVP before the end of the regular season. So naturally, anything that happens in the postseason, uh, you know, doesn't get factored in. But Cup has been the most important player on the field and all season long. There's no doubt about that. How about these NBA trades, though? How about the big trade yesterday? We're going to break them all down on some of the bigger ones, some of the smaller ones. We'll also hear from some head coaches that are seeing some of their players move in and some move out. So stay on the grid. We're just getting started here on this Friday. Plenty Super Bowl discussion, plenty of props to go over here as well, right here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, we're back in just a couple of minutes. So stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. It was the trade that shook the NBA yesterday as James Harden, for the second time in a year, is headed to a new location. This time he's going from Brooklyn to Philadelphia. Those of you who are watching the show probably know that already, but let's break down this trade as the Philadelphia 76ers not only get James Harden, but they also get Paul Millsap in the deal. Again, Harden not expected to play this weekend for the Philadelphia 76ers. On the Brooklyn Nets side, Ben Simmons sort of in the same situation. We'll wait to see when he makes his debut, but also uh, Seth Curry is going to the Nets as well, uh, as well as Andre Drummond. They also get two first-round draft picks. So that is the full trade between the Nets and the 76ers. Brooklyn lost their game last night, but after the game, a lot of the focus was on the deal, and point guard Kyrie Irving talked about the future of the Nets. Yes. And now that's official, I think we could say our piece to uh, James and wish him well. And, you know, ultimately for me, uh, I just want everybody to be happy and, and uh, you know, do things that they love to do and be a part of things that they can see themselves being successful at. And, um, you know, it probably wasn't here with us and he made a choice and we respect them for it. No love lost. And uh, now we welcome in the guys that are coming in and we're excited and um, obviously, we didn't get the result we wanted tonight, but uh, we have some things to look forward to as a team to continue to grow and um, continue to take the steps in the right direction to um, be closer as a team. Uh, just look forward to it. When trades are made in pro sports, Davis, there's usually a lot of anger on both sides, regardless of who the players are traded. Like, they, we didn't get enough. They didn't get enough. They got too much. We got too much. I mean, this is like the ultimate rare trade where no one's up in arms. It just kind of feels like it was a good trade for both teams, or at least that's the perception that I get from this. Now, look, end game, one of these two teams is probably going to go further than the other in the playoffs this year, and then that, of course, momentum will change. But it does feel like right now it's a win-win. At least that's the perception I have for both teams. And they might play each other. That is, uh, that's the the great little wrinkle here. Is they they considering their respective records, it's it is, uh, you know, not exceedingly likely, but definitely possible that these two teams might meet up in the playoffs, which I think we deserve. You know, uh, after all we've been through, you know, pandemic craziness and and fanless games and all that, I I think a uh, you know packed arena with these two teams playing each other would be very awesome. Uh, you know, I think. 
this is sort of the rare trade, uh, like you're saying, where both teams can kind of convince themselves they got a W here. The Nets got a little bit younger, you know, 25-year-old Ben Simmons versus 32-year-old Harden. They get the first-round picks. They get Drummond. I mean, uh, we talked about this when the trade was immediately made yesterday. We have all of the centers on the Nets roster. They might have finally found a guy that they can feel comfortable playing 24 minutes a night, and they don't need to be moving around all of these various guys. So I, I think that's interesting. And Harden and Maury love each other, and they, they did what they need to do. They're not wasting a year of Embiid's prime. I think the 76ers, if, if you told me right now they win the title, Harden finally you know gets rid of all of his playoff demons. I totally buy it. You know, I I um I think the the Nets got the slightly better part of this trade, you know, just trading a 32-year-old for a 25-year-old and getting the first round picks, but flags fly forever and the 76ers gave themselves a chance to win an NBA championship. Yeah, they sure did. Can't wait to see Harden paired up now with Embiid, see how it goes for Philadelphia. Well, another team that had its eye on this deal, no question. Another team in the division, the Boston Celtics, they made a trade with the Houston Rockets. And as we'll see, Boston ends up getting Daniel Theis in this deal. The Rockets get Dennis Schroeder, uh, Enos Freedom, and Bruno Fernando. So a trade that sort of flew under the radar a little bit yesterday. And Houston Rockets head coach Steven Silas talked about the difficulty in saying farewell to some of his guys. Um. I'm happy about the trade. I think, I think it helps us, you know, Schroeder's a good player. He is uh, proven. He uh, is a veteran guy who's been in some playoff series um, and has had some success. It's always hard to lose guys that you care about. It's always hard to lose Tice and um, DJ and Armani. So, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a positive trade for our, for our group, I believe. But um, you know, I'm gonna miss those guys. Tough right now for the Rockets, Davis. They're sort of in this uh, rebuild mode, and um, you know, I don't think anybody's denying it at this point. They have very little talent, only you know, one or two players that can play. A far cry from where they were, really, a couple of seasons ago. And so, hopefully, this makes them better. Uh, but, you know, it seems like more of like second unit team going to Houston in this deal. Yeah, I mean, really what it is, is the Celtics just wanted Daniel Theis back. Uh, and and also they definitely wanted to get off Dennis Schroeder's contract. We, we've talked a couple times this week about the Celtics difficulty finding a point guard that can move the ball and play with Tatum and Brown. Because, you know, when you're a point guard playing with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, your job is not really to be creating your own shot, you know, uh, you know, driving a lot and things like that, which is what point guards are used to doing in the modern NBA. But you, you don't really need to be doing that. You need to be setting other guys up. They tried Kemba. They tried Schroeder. They tried Kyrie. And I think the trade that we talked about yesterday, the Spurs trade where they acquired Derek White, is actually – uh, a chance of solving that problem, you know, of a guy who who wants to keep the ball moving pretty much all the time. And, you know, the the Rockets owner, uh, the Rockets ownership in front office, it's a lot different than when Daryl Morey was there. But I think there's a chance that they can kind of rehab Dennis Schroeder's value and actually turn him into a positive asset and get, you know, a second round pick for him or get another, you know, exciting young guy for him in the future. Because Schroeder is a talented player. I mean, he's been very good in stints for Oklahoma City and for Atlanta before. I mean, that we've actually actually seen Dennis Schroeder be salary dumped by the Atlanta Hawks traded to a tanking Oklahoma City team 
rebuild his value, be traded for as a positive asset, and then now we're starting to cycle over again. He's a negative asset again, and he's going to Houston to go rebuild his value again. So it'll be very interesting to see if history repeats itself there again. All right, one final deal to go over, and this was one that happened uh, you know, closer to the deadline. The Dallas Mavericks make what some people felt was a surprising deal, sending away Chris Stapp's Porzingis. And in return, they get Spencer Dinwiddie and also Davis Bertans. The Wizards get Porzingis. They also get a future second-round pick. I know we haven't talked a ton about the Wizards this season, but their head coach, Wes Unsell Jr., said Porzingis adds an element that the Wizards simply didn't have. You know, it's going to be a work in progress. I mean, his skill set is unique. Uh, his ability to stretch the defense, play off the bounce, his length and size, um, I think he gives you another rim protector. Um, but he's going to be a nightmare for traditional bigs. He's been that his whole career. Um, so I think it fits well. I think it's going to also open up the floor and allow us to play in space. Um, it's it's a very unique dynamic. So it's exciting, you know, to, to get a guy like that in the fold. And if he stays healthy, Davis, then obviously that's a big part of this trade and the big part of what Washington's trying to do. But that has not been an easy proposition for him. No, no, it has not. And uh, I, I agree with the consensus on this trade, which is that it was very surprising to me. I mean, Porzingis has really, uh, I mean, he spent more time being injured than being a really high-level basketball player, even with the Knicks, but especially as a member of the Dallas Mavericks. And I think the undercurrent to this trade, it's got to just be Luca either does not like Porzingis interpersonally or does not like playing basketball with him because no way are you doing this trade without Luca being like, yeah, do it. Like you're you're going to your franchise player and you're saying we're going to trade Porzingis, you in or you out. Yeah, and what Luca said after the game that he was shocked, but I agree with you. It seems unlikely that he didn't know anything about this. But uh, regardless, those are some of the bigger trades. Of course, here on Fantasy Sports Today, we'll continue to cover the NBA. We've got the All-Star Game coming up next weekend, three-point contest. So, uh, you know, plenty, plenty more NBA to talk about here in terms of daily fantasy as well. All right, we'll take a quick break. It is prop bet time here on the show. If you're thinking about wagering on any of the props over on FanDuel, I'm going to review them for you next. The Super Bowl. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day, and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. We're going to give you some opinions on some Super Bowl proposition wagers on the FanDuel Sportsbook coming out for the weekend. And there's actually good news along with this because uh, when you lose, you have a chance to sort of win because we're going to give you a nice opportunity coming up this Sunday. Make sure that we you understand. We want you to have a better experience this Super Bowl. We're launching our Same Game Better Experience Contest. It is up right now on all of our social media channels. All you have to do is follow our Twitter accounts, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, and at SportsGrid Radio. And here's what you do. You reply with a picture of your losing bet slip this weekend and use the hashtag Same Game Better Experience, and you can get up to $500 back. So get involved in that contest this weekend, a chance for you to make some money if you lose. So it's like win-win, sort of. All right, Super Bowl props here. Davis, you ready to roll here? This is it, our final day, our final time looking at these props. I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to get the card finalized, to be firing all of the bets. We've been uh, you know, talking about a lot of these in the abstract all week long. So excited to uh, you know put, put pen to paper as it were, and deliver our final takes. All right, let's take a look and get started here. And we'll start with Joe Mixon. A couple of props on him running back from the Cincinnati Bengals. His player total on rushing yards on FanDuel is 60 and a half. Slight lean here in terms of juice, but nothing insurmountable. Minus 115 on the over, and the under is minus 105. Feels like this is a really good number for Mixon on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, this feels pretty nailed on. You know, I can I can pretty comfortably see this one going, you know, I, I can see him ending with 58 rushing yards, and I can see him ending with, you know, 63 rushing yards. This feels uh, really right in the range where he's going to live. Um, where I would sort of disagree with the market would be on kind of the high end of Joe Mixon props, you know, alt lines or anything like that. I just... Unless he does break off, you know, a 45-yarder at some point, he gets around on the edge, takes the, the right angle, and the safety takes the wrong angle. I do, I do not think the Bengals are going to have a, a tremendous time running the ball. The offensive line is going to be under siege. I also wonder, you know, if Zach Taylor, as the game progresses, will actually abandon some of those first down runs and just be getting the ball out quick, screens and hitches and things like that. So I um, I don't have this one on my card. I have not bet this one because I, I think it's pretty spot on. I think 60 and a half is right about where I'd set it. But I, I definitely have a lean on the under here. All right. And uh, speaking of a long run, that's another one that's up for debate here as we take a look at Joe Mixon's longest rush of the game on Sunday. Now, I'm looking here at FanDuel at 13 and a half yards. Again, minus 114 to win 100. And boy, I don't know. I mean, Mixon, I know every once in a while, does break off a 20 or a 30. And I can kind of like close my eyes and picture him running like in wide open space. But I don't know. Does this, does this feel high to you? 13 and a half? Long run? 
you know, I, I kind of went like both ways. Like I was looking at it and trying to think about it like, well, does that feel high? And I mean, I, I suppose that it does. But at the end of the day, you know, what is really the difference between uh, uh, an 8-yard run and a 13-yard run? Like, it, it, it feels extremely binary. Like, either he doesn't get close to this and his longest run of the day is, like, 8 yards, or he absolutely blows by it, you know, has a 35-yarder or something like that. Because kind of, you know, once you get past that second level, well, it's just like you're, you're pretty much off to the races until someone catches up from you from behind. And so uh, I do like wagers like this where one play can sort of make or break you. Uh, but I don't feel comfortable making it on a guy who's going to get 15 chances to put one over on me. So I, I feel that, uh, again, I, I, I maybe I need to have more of a spine with some of these proposition wagers. I, I actually lean over because 13 and a half just doesn't feel that long for me. Much like you, I, I have the vision in my head of, of Joe Mixon, you know, scampering up along the sideline or or whatever. Um, but I, I have this one as a no bet as well. All right. Well, fair enough. I mean, listen, if you bet all of them, it's, I, I would say that that's not the advice that we should be giving here on the show anyway. Uh, okay, so Cam Akers has had his fair share of carries, that's for sure. The question is, will he go over his total this Sunday? And it is higher then Mixon's, which I got to say is a little surprising. His total is 64 and a half minus 110 to win 100. And we'll talk about Akers' longest rush, just like we did Mixon. We'll hold off on that for a minute. But that really is the different dynamic, I think, that Akers gives you that maybe Mixon does not. And maybe that's selling Mixon short, but I feel like he's like, you know, excels at goal line carries, excels at red zone carries. Mixon does. And then Akers, I guess my fear would be is that, yeah, like I could picture him like running down the sideline for a 40 or 50, but he has not shown that since he's been back. They say he looks great, and they say he looks amazing, but the data and the numbers have not shown that as of yet. Yep. Uh, there, I'm, I'm ready to have a spine. I'm ready to uh, to take a position on one of these. I'm on the under here for Cam Akers, and I'm on the under for a couple reasons. So the first one being, we don't really know what the playing time is going to shake out like between him, Sony Michelle, and Daryl Henderson. Even if you take away two Cam Akers carries, give them to Daryl Henderson. You know, they haven't been using a third running back at all. You know, Jake Funk, Buddy Howell, these guys have not been playing at all. Uh, Akers is coming into the game nursing an injury. Uh, it, it doesn't seem to have limited him in practice at all, but that doesn't mean that he, it can't be something that gets re-aggravated in the game. And then you also just have the out of him not playing all that well. You know, um, you're, you're right. He came back from this injury, but it's not like it, it's not like he is um, that far removed from it. I mean, he's six months from from tearing his Achilles, and oddly enough, he has yet to rush for over 55 yards in any game since coming back. So he came back in the first game, played 13 snaps. They reinstitute him as the starter against Arizona. He gets 55 yards, 48 yards on 24 carries for two yards per carry against Tampa Bay and then 13 for 48 against San Francisco before he has to kind of stop playing in that game because of the shoulder injury. So I, I do feel like the acres unders are a, a position I'm comfortable taking. All right. So uh, we're going to take a look, by the way, at Jamar Chase's rushing number, which is also interesting. But before we do that, let's take a look at the total longest run for Cam Akers. And it's the same as Joe Mixon's. You don't see this a lot. 13 and a half. Um, I mean, heavy lean toward the under here on Juice. I don't know if I'd go that far. We're close, though. Like, minus 125, 130 on a prop, Davis, is definitely trending the other way. And um, 
I would say we're pretty close here. So would you just double down on that and just look? I mean, if you got an under on the yards, I, w- I would suppose you probably would double down on the, the longest run too. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is a great spot to double down. We've also been talking about the strategy of you know correlating our props for the Super Bowl and also you know with our friends over on FanDuel, they let you do the same game parlay. Uh, this is a great example of turning the odds in your favor. You know, if you have the under on a player's yards, you also would take the under on their longest rush, longest reception, you know, so on and so forth. So I I think that um, this is a pretty strong correlated wager to be making because, again, you have multiple outs here. You have Akers not performing well, and you have Akers, you know, just potentially not even being more than, you know, 50% of the snaps in this game. I, I don't think that's the most likely scenario, but it certainly is a scenario we could see play out on Sunday. All right. Uh, just a quick one I wanted to mention to you. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just you know spend a minute or two here before we wrap. But uh, Jamar Chase actually has a rushing prop of three and a half uh, going in. He's the only other um, you know, rusher, I think, of significance here. And in general, uh, you know, I, I think he just pretty much gets the ball, if I'm not mistaken, Davis maybe twice a game but it's really once a game you can expect it where he essentially is running behind Burrow and then they hand it off to him on like a jet sweep and that's it so I mean is it is it a one rush deal here like does he have to get that three and a half on that one run yeah pretty much he does have he does have to um and also you know because of the way they score these things a backwards pass that is a passing play, you know, gets counted as a rush. And the reason why I mention that is what is one of the most logical ways that the Bengals could choose to mitigate the relative weakness of their offensive line and the relative strength of the Rams defensive line would just be lots of screens, right? Lots of screens, lots of slants, things like that. So pretty much this is, you know, one jet sweep. He gets around the edge, gets six yards or screen pass. But technically, it was a backwards throw from Burrow because he did it immediately from the line of scrimmage. Chases a foot back from him. He turns up field, gets his six yards. So this is um, this is more one of these fun wagers than a wager that's like, oh yeah, you know, I feel really good about this one. I'm putting lots of money on this one. But this is one that I bet myself. Uh, I did bet the over on four and a half rushing yards for Jamar Chase in this game. Yeah, it's. I, I think that the the dynamic for the props where they basically have to succeed or fail on one shot. I mean, kind of. I mean, not really in the same way. Because let's be honest, the coin flip, like that's that's a coin flip, right? Heads or tails. But I just love those. Like, if it doesn't happen right now, you know, it's not yes. gonna. A good, you know, a good example of that too is the first touchdown. Like, we are all holding our breath to see who's gonna score the first touchdown. I've been doing this probably for twenty years, maybe more. I think there was, I think one time I may have hit this man, like, like this one, have you ever hit this one? Like it has escaped me for so long. Um, I've never hit it in the Super Bowl, but definitely hit some of them in the regular season. Cause I just love to bet the long shots, you know, your, your Donald Parham's, your Isaiah right. McKenzie's, you know, the, the guys in this game would be like, uh, I, you know, Bryson Hopkins, Ben Skoronek, Drew Sample, Samaj Pirine is, is an interesting, uh, first, first touchdown one because he plays all those passing downs for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, he really is. And uh, we'll see. Maybe there'll be somebody out of the blue to catch the first touchdown or run the first touchdown in of the game on Sunday. All right, more props coming up. So make sure you stay on the grid with us. Also, a little bit later in the show, we're going to preview both FanDuel and DraftKings single game slate for the Super Bowl. So whatever app you're playing on this weekend, we got you covered as far as the salary pricing and help you out setting a lineup. So stay on the grid. Davis and I will be right back. Go away. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply, actual speeds vary, and not guaranteed. Two of the big impact players, of course, coming up in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Got to be at the wide receiver position, no question. Both Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. And we're going to get into those props now. I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. This is Fantasy Sports Today. So uh, I guess the question will be who will have the bigger impact on this game? If you look at any of the prop markets, of course, it's pretty clear that FanDuel sees a cup as the better market. But Davis, you never know in a game like this. It could be somebody out of nowhere. Who knows? Maybe Tyler Boyd, CJ Uzama. Uh, But essentially, these props are more or less telling you Cooper Cup is aligned for a huge game and Jamar Chase has a chance to have a huge game. Well, that is definitely what the markets are expecting. That is also what I am expecting. You know, I've, I've done a pretty good job being discerning with these props, betting with, you know, what our numbers over at Daily Roto say and, and taking, you know, a very analytical approach. I don't have a ton analytical to say about Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. I am on, I am on the over for these guys. Great players in big games make great plays. Jamar Chase is great. Cooper Cup is great. And again, actually very similar to what we were talking about with Mixon, it does feel sort of binary with Chase uh, because Chase is such a big play guy. You know, um, 13 of his touchdowns came from 32 yards or longer. Uh, Of course, we all remember his touchdown in the regular season against the Chiefs. He catches it about 15 yards from the line of scrimmage, runs past it. It feels like 19 Chiefs defenders is shedding guys, is juking guys, turns on the burners. He's gone. And Chase is one of those rare guys who possesses that incredible long speed and that uh, yeah, and that huge frame. I, I just think Chase is a phenomenal player. And in big games, you get the ball to your to your great players, and I'm going over on Chase. All right, well, let's just take a look real quick uh, once again here at his uh, receiving yard prop just so we show everybody what it stands on FanDuel right now. It's gone up a little bit from yesterday, 78 and a half is the total at minus 110. So uh, 15 seconds, I guess, on this, Davis, just tell me that you're going over on this. 
Uh, the, the under basically what? Painted a scenario for T. Higgins having some monster game, Boyd stepping up. Uh, you know, I mean, look, injuries, of course, are always going to be a part of a game. But, look, I mean, look, let's be honest, though. Chase has had games where he's done nothing. Like, there was two se- two seasons for him, three seasons. The beginning of the season where he was amazing, the middle of the season where he did not much, and then the end of the season where he was fantastic, and where he was fantastic during the biggest games of the year. So I, I, I agree with you on this one. Yeah, I mean, look, if you if you really want to be a stickler about it, he has had more games with less than 78 and a half receiving yards than more, including, funnily enough, two games with exactly 77 yards in week 14 and in week four. Um, so it's it's not as if it's not as if the bookmakers are are the fools here. You know, they they know what they're doing. It's a good line. Right. But what I'm telling you is that you can throw out the 15 to 10 win against Denver. Uh, you can throw out the nine target three reception game against the Jets. Like the, the, these, those sorts of games, they're not happening in the Super Bowl. You, and, and the other thing is, you know, correlating these wagers, I expect the Bengals to be trailing for a big portion of this game. And so running a little bit less, throwing a little bit more. And that I think should tilt the, the scale, you know, put the thumb on the scale on the over here for Jamar Chase. All right, so let's take a look at his longest reception of the game, which is 27 and a half. You brought up his stat about 30 plus touchdowns that he had a ton of them during the regular season. Uh, the Rams have made some mistakes and then they've definitely been prone to giving up some points, but their defensive backs are pretty good. And even with Weddle, as we've talked about coming out of retirement, uh, what do you think about 27 and a half as the longest reception? Well, you know, I am fascinated. I think this is the most interesting personnel decision that either coaching staff is going to be making, which is what do you do with Jalen Ramsey? Who do you deploy him on? Do you deploy him on both guys? Do you make it situational? So, you know, uh, third and longs, he's on chase. First and second downs, he's on T to prevent, you know, the splash play or the – because worst case scenario for the Rams is you open the game up, Burrow does the play action to Joe Mixon – rolls around, gets out to his right, long ball, cork, unscrewed, T. Higgins gets it in single coverage against, you know, Eric Weddle or, or you know, LaMarcus Joyner or whatever, secures it down, boom, all of a sudden you're down 7-0. But then on the other hand, maybe the second worst scenario is Jamar Chase runs a little slant route, catches it in front of the safety, stiff arm the safety, boom, off to the races. Um, so it's just a fascinating decision there with what do you do with Ramsey. Um, I think your position on longest reception here should mirror are you over or are you under? I already gave my case. I'm saying Chase is going to get a lot of bites at the apple here in this game. And he's a he is a long reception receiver anyway. So right. I am on the over 27 and a half here. Okay, now let's move on to Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams. I can assure you this is the highest total in Super Bowl history for any player. I don't even have to look it up. 105 and a half at minus 110 to win 100. A few weeks ago, it was 98. It was 99. It went to 100, 101, 102. They basically cannot make this number high enough. But obviously, you have to guard yourself against an injury, which is always possible in the NFL. It's it's staggering to me, Davis, that this number is so high. To think of Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and some of the great receivers in the NFL that have had props like this, I mean, they probably were in the high 80s, you know, like maybe even in the low 90s, but never 105 and a half. It's just crazy. But uh, I mean, he just keeps going over every week. If you if you closed your eyes and bet over on cup the last five weeks in a row, you hit. 
I mean, even Julio Jones, who is basically the best per game yards receiver in NFL history, I know for a fact trailing his props for many years, they never got this high. His would kind of settle at like 89 and a half, 94 and a half would sort of be the iterations of Julio Jones's. Um, Cooper Cup has had two games all season long with fewer than 92 receiving yards. One of those included a 13-target game where he only got 64 yards. Uh, let me tell you the base expectation of 13 yards or 13 targets for Cooper Cup, definitely over 100 yards. Um, all year long, he had only four games with fewer than 10 targets. Really, what I'm telling you is I don't think there is a line that our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook could make high enough. I mean, maybe, if, you know what? If they if they made his his yardage total one nineteen and a half, I'd say you know what okay fine I'll I'll take the under one nineteen and a half I'll take the under but pretty much up into that point I can't imagine taking the under on Cooper Cup especially because Craig I kind of put this in the same basket of like you don't want to be the guy at the Super Bowl party rooting for the under in general you also don't want to be the only guy rooting for Cooper Cup to do poorly or to you know bang up his ankle or whatever like ev- like. There are there really are not that many stars in this game in a, in a weird way or maybe there are I don't know but it feels like Cooper Cup might even pass like the mom test like I feel like Cooper Cup is like a bona fide name now in the NFL and everyone's going to be rooting for him to do his thing in this game so I I want to be on the over here as well and I know it's so square but I don't really care. All right. Well, I I think that this is you could take the alternative view though on, on his longest reception. Because while Cup definitely can catch a 40 and a 50, like it can happen, uh, this this is a debatable one, I think, because he could have, I don't know, nine catches for 106 yards or 10 catches for 115 yards. And, and there's a chance that, that that does not give him a 35-yard catch. Now, uh, again, he's proven this theory wrong as well in the playoffs, but is there any variance to this? Can you see one going over and one not? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, Chase, basically, I don't I, I don't think Chase can hit his yardage over without hitting his longest reception over. But Cooper Cup can one million percent hit his yardage over with no reception longer than like 15 yards, probably like he could just rack up uh, 11 receptions at uh, 11 yards per pop and and get there no problem. So I am, uh, I'm not going to take the under on, on his longest receiving yards, but I don't have a bet on this one because of my other positions. You know, I have Cooper cup six to one to win MVP over the yards and, and all that. So I, I'm just, I'm just not going to touch that one. All right. Let's take a look at one more receiver on the Bengals and it's going to be T Higgins at 69 and a half. Higgins has had another receiver who's had like uh, probably like three different seasons. It feels like started off looking great and then just went completely silent for a long period of time. Woke up at the very end of the season in a lot of playoff leagues to help win. But his total is lower than Chase, clearly. 69 and a half minus 110 to win 100. And if the Bengals are throwing all day, it won't matter. Both Higgins and Chase will go over Davis. But the question is, will he go over 69 and a half? Yeah, no player has made me look stupider this year than T. Higgins. You know, start out the year really high on him, using him all the time in DFS. He starts terribly, gets injured, 
comes back and is just like blowing it right like he like we all we all remember uh you know we all remember that stretch where he was just brutal right uh seven for 62 four for 97 six for 78 two for 15 then he had that run where it was like oh who needs Jamar Chase? We have T. Higgins. The guy, the guy's going nuts. Twelve for one ninety four and two against the Ravens. He's the, he's the best wide receiver on the team. And then slows down after that. One for ten yeah. against Tennessee. Seven for ninety six. Um, you know, I mean, it, I I I don't have a position on this one either. Again, because I just don't know what they're gonna do with Jalen Ramsey. I would lean. I would slightly lean over, but this one is not not on my card either. Van Jefferson is someone that could catch a 50-yard touchdown. He's also someone similar to Higgins in a sense where he could put up a zero. I mean, this is just, these are facts with Van Jefferson. And, and clearly his numbers definitely have not been helped by the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is now on the Rams. And his total, if, you, if I asked you this, to, if I told you the Rams were in the Super Bowl two months ago before they acquired Beckham, and I said, what is Van Jefferson's receiving numbers? You'd probably say, well, you know, do they still have Cup? Do they still have Woods? Yes, yes. But Van is the third guy. But he kind of feels like the fourth guy, to be honest, in this offense now. His total is 33 and a half minus 110. Yeah, so I don't have a position on this one. What I do have is over on his longest reception. Uh, Van Jefferson has gone over his posted total for his longest reception in 80% of the Rams games this year. So that, uh, that and that's from my friend Rich Rebar over from uh, sharp football analysis. That's his little nugget. And I, I tailed him on that one. So no position on total yardage, but over on his longest reception. I, I think it was 17 and a half, if I remember correctly. Okay. And then the last, the last one we'll go over the one that everybody wants to be so smart on. You're sitting at the Super Bowl party. You're telling everybody, I got this guy to score the first touchdown. It happens. And then Davis, what happens at that party? Everyone goes, Oh my gosh, Davis picked this one before. How much money did he win? Here it is. Cooper Cup, 490. Cam Akers, plus 650. Joe Mixon, 7 to 1. Jamar Chase, 8 to 1. Odell Beckham Jr., 9 to 1. Obviously, there are ones that are more fun than these, but these are the chalky ones. Yeah, I mean, of these, I think uh, I think Chase and Beckham are the ones I'd be interested in taking. But the really fun ones are Blanton, Drew Sample. You know, uh, right. I also, I, I don't hate, I saw that Stafford, I believe on the FanDuel Sportsbook was 35 to one. And we talked about, you know, the one yard touchdown early, but I mean, come on, 35 to one is like a pretty good number for a one yard QB sneak. So I, I, I not, not that it's like a great number or anything, but that definitely is a fun one. Yeah. I like mixing seven to one. I think that that's the one for me. I think I'll, I'll, I'll take a ride with that. Don't trust that acres will be there in the goal line. hundred percent. I could see Michelle. And, and there really isn't another running back for me to choose from. So I'll take a, uh, my blind faith mix and bet here at 7-1 to one on the show. That's my lean. All right, we'll come back and wrap up this first hour of the show here on Sports Grid. It's our final Football Friday edition of the show. We'll have more after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. 
But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day, and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. NFL honors given out away last night. Aaron Rodgers, we mentioned, wins the NFL MVP. We talked about some of the other awards. Offensive Player of the Year for Cooper Cup. Defensive Player of the Year for TJ Watt. Rookie of the Year to Jamar Chase. Davis Coach of the Year given to Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, really tough decision, I think, this year because I don't, I didn't really feel that strongly about anyone. Now, remember, I did bet on the Hard Rock Sportsbook before it got shut down, uh, Bill Belichick to win the Coach of the Year. So I was biased. I still feel like he was Coach of the Year. Uh, I mean, Bill Belichick could probably win, sort of like Popovich in the NBA. Like, he could kind of just win any given year. Though... You know, I, I definitely do think uh, old, old Bill's game has been slipping a little bit compared to the league. You know, his his edge just used to be they were the most prepared team in the NFL, and they would grind out all the micro edges. But now grinding out the micro edges is kind of what all the good teams do. Although, weirdly enough, not the Bengals who are in the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with Brable winning, but... You know, the Titans were, we, we said it, they were like one of the worst one seeds of all time. They lose at home in their only playoff game. And I don't really want to give it to Zach Taylor either, who is the other guy who was there, because I don't really feel like he was that good of a coach. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's fine that Brable won it, but I, I don't think there was a, a super strong candidate overall this year. No, there wasn't. And you know whose award it was very easily after that 7-0 start? It was Kingsbury's, right? Like that was the easy yeah. coach of the year. And, and they flubbed it. And then uh, Brandon Staley, they sort of flubbed it down the stretch, too. You know, actually, who was probably the coach of the year, to be honest with you? It was the Raiders coach, Bisaccia. That's who I would have voted for. I mean, they got in with luck at the end of the season. But really, with everything that they went through, I would have given it to him. He got a couple votes. Uh, I did I did see that in the voting, that he did get a couple votes. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, it, it's a good story, at least. And now he gets to go be a special teams coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I guess Vrabel's a good coach, but, I mean, in the end, yeah, I mean, they won some games without Derrick Henry, but that division was rough. All right, we'll be back. Second hour of our show here on Sports Grid. Stay on the grid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.